Ahoy hoy, Noiros! I was gonna say, maybe we need, like, the MGM roar in the beginning, but I guess that's our roar, right? You could just do it right now. <laughs> that was pretty good. Hold on, I got two more. Okay, it's better. Muted, but I still like it. Okay. Uh, welcome to the show. Tin Man Dan and Gentleman Joey, the, the coward here to say welcome to the show. <laughs> Joey the Cowardly Lion. That's what I was going for. I figured okay. that'd be me. I'm pretty yeah, okay to... with my brain. Like, I don't need more of that. And uh, Tin Man, what? what's he need? Heart. Heart, but, yeah. But but the moral is that they already had that all to begin with. So it's not that they were lacking it. So yeah, they got a little extra, too, you know, at the end. Right. Yeah, you I know? mean, the, the lion got the, the uh, award. That's right, a certificate, which is yeah, and he got the medal. He got the me- he gets the medal pin on him. It's it's a whole. There's some good props there. It's also fresh in my mind because I watch Wizard of Oz every Thanksgiving. So I and I, ever since I was a little kid. So I Thanksgiving, I, interesting. I know they try to make it like a Christmas movie these days. I feel like for me, my experience was always uh, like I remember like TBS and TNT used to show it either once or as a marathon every Thanksgiving evening and night, like eight o'clock. Like growing up, at least that I remember, and I just always kept the tradition going. You know, I remember they did Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they did both, honestly. Or maybe in your market they did at Christmas, and in my market they did. Yeah, but was TBS did... and TNT like a different yeah, markets? I, yeah, I was, I was kidding. I don't know. Dan, here we go. Sounds nice. What are you? That's, what are you drinking? That's one hundred and one Lacroix, baby. There you go. I like it. This is also a special week too, right? For you. Oh, I don't know about special, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Questionably special, but by the time you know the episode will be out. No, like, no, sh- even well, shortly still. after. Shortly after. Next day, yeah. Yeah. And, by the yeah. time the next episode comes out, <laughs> I guess is really more what it is. Yeah. But it's December, and this is the time that I celebrate an anniversary of mine. Another year around the sun. Yep. Or third moon. rock. Third rock from the sun. <laughs> I believe we are still in third place in the ranking. Are we? Shout out to Mercury. Yeah. 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 I think the planet is still basically where it was. Uh, that's good. There's for better or for here. worse. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to have hope. And that's what this time of year is all about. That's and, true. And it's not reflecting on 38 years of failure. It's 38 years of minor success. Mm-hmm. I have a birthday coming up, Dan. Last year, we celebrated this with a bullet for Joey, which was fun and name only. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a bit. Yeah, it was a bit tepid. A couple but, moments. But, but as a show, I yeah. think it was fun. We had a good time. Sure. They don't even say the name Joey in the movie. It was very right. disappointing. So how, this year, there's no more Joey film noirs that I know of, at least in title. Yeah, they should change Johnny Cool to, to Joey Cool. <laughs> I think we could still retroactively make that happen. Yeah. But we're doing Cape Fear today, where it is a choice of mine because boy, if I love that Mitchum, and I don't know why not. It's a good good time for Cape Fear, <laughs> and it forces me to watch it because I've never seen it before. Which I didn't know, Dan. I was mm-hmm. I was very shocked by that. I'm gonna hold up my very badly designed Cape Fear Blu-ray that Dan has as well. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a cheap price, so I mean, and it looks Absolutely. great. It looked great, so I was fine yeah. with it. Yeah, oh, I mean, there's a 4K, I'd imagine, coming to this at some point that's really going to blow us away, but yeah, I mean, this really looks like it came out when Blu-ray started, like it was an early release. 
Probably. You know, it's got that universal Blu-ray loading screen we all love so much. And 2012 was when yeah. this Blu-ray came out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the early days, I suppose. And uh, what a, what a good time this film is, and I'm glad to know you saw it. So I'm I'm glad to know, you know, that that sounds like some interesting discussion for me. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and get some taglines first, though. Okay. Get us warmed up because it's getting chilly, my friend. Mm-hmm. In the world, in the weather talk that is still banned in the next hundred <laughs> episodes. If anything, it's more banned. Like now, I just got fined. Yes. We have a jar, a collective a jar. jar. Yeah. And it's $100 per reference, so you really got to watch yourself. Yeah, it's pretty steep. All right, I'm already out of hundo. Fuck. <laughs> Happy birthday. Uh, all right, tagline number one. Now, he had only one le- weapon left. Murder to prevent an even more shocking crime. Okay. What happens between them is an adventure in the unusual Mm, that sounds a little too like mystical for me. It's a cool tagline, but I feel yeah. like someone just had it left over and was like, "I don't know when I could use this one." And it's like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like a World War of the Worlds, yeah, know, left leftover or something. I don't know who in this film felt like they were experiencing an adventure. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody. I don't know. Somebody. Yeah, maybe we'll uncover that in this discussion. Chilling suspense. In the screen's most gripping war of nerves. Mm, okay. That's fine. It happens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> can't deny it. The original masterpiece of revenge, confrontation, and murder. That feels like a re-release line if they're calling out that it's an original masterpiece. Yeah. Unless they knew. I mean, they're like, hey, this thing's strong. Maybe. We're, make- we're making history. All right. Two more. Their ordeal, wow. <laughs> they got a lot for a movie like this. Their ordeal of terror triggers the screen's most savage war of nerves. Okay. It's accurate. Yeah, that's, that's, that's accurate. It's an ordeal, ordeal of terror. It's a, it's a mouth musher. Uh, unparalleled suspense as one becomes a target for nightmare. The other becomes his target for execution. Okay. Episode 101, welcome to the show, Cape Fear, released May 28th, 1962 from Universal Pictures, directed by J. Lee Thompson. What did he direct, Dan? How about Conquest and Battle of the Planet of the Apes, and maybe even more more importantly, Death Wish 4, The Crackdown. I was just about to say, one of the greatest films of all time, and listeners, if you've not watched Death Wish 4... Please watch Death Wish 4. I don't feel like, I feel like you don't really need to see the other ones. I mean, it, it helps, but it, it is one of the most ridiculous movies, even for canon. Yeah. Um, but it is such a fun ride. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And I knew, and he did a lot, he did a lot with Bronson. He did 10 to Midnight, which is also ridiculous. Um, he also did The Evil Men Do, which I actually just watched. Shout Factor just put out a limited edition Blu-ray of. Which I liked. I, I wanted a little bit more out of it, but it was enjoyable. It wasn't maybe as wild as I was hoping for, but it had moments. The J. Lee Thompson guarantee. Yes. You know, you know you're gonna get something. We love I mean, those two two Planet of the Apes movies and Death Wish Four alone is yes. plenty. And And Murphy's Law. He did Murphy's Law with That's uh, right, that's right. With uh Bronson and uh I can't think of her name. She's also in Roadhouse. Uh what's her name? It is Kathleen Wilhoyt is her name. Okay. She's, she plays the waitress in Roadhouse. 
Oh, the one who's in Gilmore Girls and did the voice of Pepper Ann? Yes. Okay. Yes. She was. I forgot she was the voice of Pepper Ann. You're absolutely right. There's a combo. And she's in Fire in the Sky, too. That's right. That's right. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And Lorenzo's oil. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Sorry. Cape Fear. <laughs> uh, the screenplay from James R. Webb based on The Executioners by John D. McDonald. And we got to shout out the music in this one. Bernard Herman's back and... Great job. Great score. He sure is back. Apparently, I didn't know this, and Dan will probably get more into this, but there's some Hitchcock connection with this one. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, he was apparently originally supposed to direct it, and they worked from his storyboards on the movie. Oh, yes. I, I think I did. I did get, I, I didn't want to go too far into it, but there is there was one thing I came up about that. I'm wondering if it's the same thing. It was something about Hitchcockian elements. Like, he wanted, yeah, he was a fan, and Jay Lee Thompson really wanted to, like, add that in, and that's kind of why he got Bernard Herman. Gotcha. So I think that I think that's why. Yeah, that makes sense. We'll take it. Yeah. All right. So basic rundown of this story, because I mean, a lot of this movie is just like scenes. Right. <laughs> and less it's, so- it's the ten. It's like the tension building. Like exactly. I mean, it's a lot of the same type of stuff, but you're in it for like what's what's going to happen? Like, how how is he going to I don't say mess with him, but I mean, that's kind of what it is, you know? Oh, yeah. You're just watching almost two hours of Dickory. and It's wonderful. Yeah. Evil Mitchum is back. So I, I, I don't know if I want to leave it till the end or, or, or say it now, but like, or maybe we should pitch it now and then maybe give your answer later. But do you think this, this is his most like evil role that he has? Yeah. Played? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, of course, Night of the Hunter is evil in right. its own way and, and there's some implications, but it's pretty straight up and, and there's some heinous things that happen that is just above and beyond. I agree. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. But they're two as, huge yeah. son of a bitches, you know, like I right. wouldn't want to meet either of these guys. Kind of in different ways. Like, yes. I, I think, yeah, Night of the Hunter, it's a little bit more subtle and, and he's like hiding it versus this is just outright. Like, yeah, he's, he's hiding he's, nothing. Yeah, he's just he's just full on. Yeah, he's on a reign of terror and nothing can stop him. So, yeah, this is Robert Mitchum as Max Cady, one of, one of the all time great evil guys. And of course, I guess we should also say at least because of, of our generation, this was remade by Martin Scorsese mm-hmm. in the 90s with De Niro as Max Cady. Peck and Mitchum make cameos in the movie, which is a good time. But that's always that. yeah. my reference point when people would talk Cape Fear. But weirdly, like I remember even when it came out, it was like still being hyped as like a remake. Like, oh, you got to see the original, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Had you seen the, even the remake or no? no. Okay. I was aware of it. I remember it like sure. I roughly remember it coming out and so forth. But yeah, I, I don't I didn't it wasn't on my radar. It was such a blockbuster in the day. And I remember like, especially at like the video store, it was like, oh, Cape right. Fear is out. You got to rent Cape Fear. And, you know, it's a good time. But this is something different and just a little it's like more of a blockbuster. The Scorsese one, whereas like this one is just a tale of terror in a, a very subtle way, I guess. Yeah. Not too subtle, but just <laughs> understated, you know? Yeah. So yeah, Max Katie is out of jail. He's like, right when the movie gets started, he's like, hey guys, I'm out of jail. Life is good. We find out that he sold like an old family house or farm or something like that. So it gets quite a pretty penny in his pocket, which just between getting out of jail and that leaves him in a comfortable place to completely terrorize Gregory Peck and mm-hmm. his family, the Bowden family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's like watching him at a trial and he follows him to his car and he's like, hey, you remember me, Max Katie? Good to see you, buddy. Uh, I'm going to fucking destroy your life. 
take care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember that like eight or plus years ago when you were a witness? To yeah, me? You, you said you sent him away to jail. It was because, and this is going to be a big theme of the movie, uh, assault to women, sexual assault to women, young mm-hmm. women. Like he, he assaulted a young girl. And so in Baltimore. And Gregory Peck naturally is like a guy like this. He's got to go. He's got to be taken off the streets. Eight years is all we can get, but we'll take it. And, uh, you know, we'll never see him again. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Yeah. Eight years is forever. And another city, too. You know? Yeah, they'll never find us. Now I'm a big fancy lawyer. All is well. But Max Katie finds him, of course. And these hijinks now can begin. There's a bowling alley. That was fun. I was going to say, we have to definitely add this to the letterbox of uh, film noir with bowling in it. We got what? There's Roadhouse, right? Yes. The 48 one. The 48 this yes. one. Yep. I feel like there was another one. There too. was, and I can't remember. And I feel like there even might even be another one. Oh. That's up to the listeners, Dan. Like, I'm picturing it in my mind. Oh, but yeah. For some reason, but for some reason, I'm, I'm, I think it's Roadhouse again. Like, I think I'm just picturing <laughs> Roadhouse again. But it was, it was semi recently that we did it. Yeah. But it's a it's a good trope, and and actually, like one of my favorite shots in the movie is is when they're sitting there at, at the the scorers table when Mitchum and uh, I can't remember her name now. It's uh, uh, is it Polly Bergen? Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're sitting there, and then you just see Mitchum in the background, just like with that menacing look, like looking at him. But you know, Mitchum's also has that those moments with that waitress where you just see how like scummy of a duty is. Joan Stally who was a 1958 Playboy Playmate centerfold. So there you mm-hmm. go if you're into that. Mm-hmm. It's her. And yeah, he's like offering her 20 bucks and stuff. And she's just like, you're disgusting, dude. Right. <laughs> and it's great. It, it, he even sees that she's married too, like sees her wedding ring. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> who gives a shit? I'm in. Here you go. You're kind of fast on your feet, ain't you? No, you have to be around here. That uh, that ring mean anything? Yeah, means plenty. Does that mean anything? <laughs> then he just stops by with the family and he's like, "Hey, buddy, you're at this place too, at the bowling alley. Well, beautiful looking family. Take care." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Oh, jeez, I gotta do something about this guy." And so, yeah, at this point. He goes, uh, goes to the cops and they're like, this guy is keeps showing up in my life. We got to be able to do something about that. Right. And they're like, well, we can't do crime that hasn't happened. You wouldn't want that. You love the law. Like, that's not how we work. Mm-hmm. So we just got to wait for him to do something. And uh, he's like, yeah, but I put this guy away. Clearly wants to go after my family. Like, All right. Well, maybe we can pick him up for like vagrancy, like a small like hustling thing. Maybe he didn't register correctly with his probation and yeah, yeah, all they, that. Like, they but... really try to try to you know get him on something. And they grab him, and he's like, "Check out my pockets. I don't care. Like I did everything. I know the rules. I'm I'm in this for the long haul. So nice try, guys. Yeah. And so they have to let him go, and they're like, "Well, I'm sure that'll be the last of that, but it is not." And he poisons their dog, which is brutal i mean you you hear these bark like in the background and then they just stop yeah but there's no proof of it they're like we didn't see any of that and you know people don't care about animals like they do about people so he's fine he'll he'll be walking the streets no problemo Mm -hmm. and now after this he's like all right family gather around we probably need to talk about what's happening and who this handsome creepy stranger is that's 
popping up into our lives on the regular. Max is like, I should probably lawyer up as well because I'm going after a lawyer. <laughs> you can right. need to fight lawyer with lawyer. Right. So, That's one of the things I really like about this movie is is the um the various ways and loopholes that like he pulls to kind of basically say like you know pl- almost like plausible deniability where where you know, he like really tries to skirt around any potential liability for for any doings of terror to them, which is really great. It, it's yeah. really it really adds to it. No, I mean that's what makes him so terrifying is he's just so unstoppable, right? And like in all ways, and they're just trying the ways you would think of, like, hey, call the cops, get a lawyer, mm-hmm. all these things. And they're like, no, 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 he is ready. He's gonna keep smoking that cigar he's got yep. and wearing his Panama hat. It's great. And of course, as we were saying, the music is great. I mean, there's just some timeless, famous music in this that just really is creepy. That string or whatever is just so menacing. And also want to shout out while we're, while we're, we're talking about some of the specifics of the movie, the sure. cinematography is really great, especially towards the end. Oh, yeah. And were you aware that he the cinematographer for this one also did a recent movie we covered? I was not aware of that. No. So the, the cinematographer, Samuel, uh, is it leave it? He uh, was a cinematographer for the Crimson Kimono. Oh, wow. That recent. Wow. Yeah. Very, very recent. Another good looking film. So definitely knows yes. what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, he also did. Um, was that Universal? Maybe he's just a Universal guy. I think it might have been, but I think he, I think he may have skipped around a little bit. I mean, he did, he did a Star Is Born in '54. Oh, wow. He did Carmen Jones. Uh, he did The Man with the Golden Arm in '55. Porkchop Hill in '59. Exodus in '60. I mean, that's pretty heavy hitters. He also did Doctor Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine. Hell yeah! <laughs> so there's that. That's a perfect um, filmography, right? Yeah, there. he's he's kind of been all over the place. So yeah pretty pretty versatile very versatile yeah i mean it, it's a lot of greats doing great things in this movie i mean obviously peck and mitchum are super established at this point right it's it's 62 that this came out mm-hmm. so everyone's just knows what they're doing and it's all the better for it so max katie gets himself a lawyer named dave grafton and this guy's great. He's like, hey, quit harassing this my client, which, you know, in many ways is true. I mean, he deserves it, but right. it's not wrong. And so like, hey, we've exhausted all we can do as cops. You're going to need to hire someone else. Get a private detective. We'll do it. And Dan, who loves you, baby? Who is this detective? <laughs> <laughs> Telly Savalas is here. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. He starts, Carl Severs. Oh boy. Yeah, he starts following Max. He's a good time. And, you know, this time they're trying lewd vacancy because he picks up a woman. She's not underage, but they're like, if you can get to the uh, hotel room in time, you're going to get them for something. But mm-hmm. they're too late. And what they're too late for is just a horrible, horrible sexual assault. And this poor woman is just completely traumatized by it. And they need her to stop max katie but it's just like she doesn't want to have to deal with this or or go through all the motions of it and they're like you know you'll help a family but she's like this sucked and i'm I'm not going to yeah i don't care if gregory peck shows up and shows his handsome face (laughs) this this isn't gonna happen yeah and and he understands because later on when they're like talking about his daughter and stuff he's like you ever seen a kid up on the the stand like i have you don't want to put him through that it's it's horrible so there's some empathy from the counselor so she bails out on town. She doesn't want anything to do with this scary guy. And I mean, and then they show the scene like leading up to it. He is 
very scary. And she mm-hmm. definitely takes a beating. And now he's showing up around his daughter at school mm-hmm. and stuff. And he's like, that's not good. He tries to take a swing at him and everything. Yeah. And Max loves that. He's like, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> and now his like daughter is getting really freaked out about this guy too. And like, she's coming out of school and sees him. And there's that very long, terrifying chase sequence. Yeah. And she but, like runs out in front of the car and, well, she like first she runs into yeah. the school Store. yeah, yeah, and um, hears like someone coming and thinks it's him, but it's not. And she like would have been safe. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, she just like ends up out there and runs out in front of a car and gets hit. It's not good. And now Gregory Peck is pissed. He's like, I need to get a gun. Let's get this guy. It's all we got to do. We're going to kill him. But yeah. his wife, Polly Bergen, is like, no, 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 you can't do that. Even though I haven't seen the rest of the movie yet, it would probably change my mind if I did. Don't. <laughs> Don't kill him right now. And he, the guilt gets to him eventually. He's a lawman. Right. That's not, that's the point. It's like, yeah, I mean, that, and that's, you know, the, the, you know, the crux of the movie is that, yeah, I mean, it's like that. Obviously, it's, et- you know, it's ethics, but I mean, the fact that he is, you know, the law, it's like, you know, it's Making a good man more, down in the muck right, for sure. Right. Exactly. No, I mean, you're watching. Really test him. Yeah. I mean, and, and certainly by the end, everybody has changed and he was effective. He, he did get what he wanted in many ways. Yes. But so they're like, why don't we just pay him off? Money will work. People like money. So they meet up in a bar and he tries to pay him off. And Max is like, uh, how much do you think eight years is worth? And he's like, <laughs> I, I don't want money. I want like psychological payment. So yeah. I'm having a real good time fucking around with you and your family. I thought about this for eight years. I lost a family that I had because she didn't like not that I was a criminal, but that I got caught. And now she's with a plumber and his own kid doesn't even know about him. And then he tells even a story about how like he like took his wife, his ex-wife, and assaulted her and kidnapped her, and then like made her write a note and stuff. Horrible things this man yeah. does. No one, oh, to yeah. look, he's not a man to look up to. This Max Cady. No. And Max is feeling pretty confident. You know, he's like, even though Sam hired some people to like get him beat up, he's like, he can take him. He's been in prison, and he's like, I'm gonna be fine. The law's on my side. We're gonna continue to have ourselves some fun. So they're like, we've got to get the hell out of here. There's too much stress, Dan. And what do you do when you're stressing out? You got to take a vacation, baby. Sure. And where are you going to go take the family? Atlanta. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, they go to North, North Carolina. Where specifically, Dan? Cape Fear. Cape Fear. Were you afraid you weren't going to hear it? And you're like, what is Cape Fear? I assumed it was going to come up at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I had, I had a feeling it was going to actually play into it. You know, your family's scared of everything. You're like, where are we going? Cape Fear. Things are going to be fine there. <laughs> sure. But he's got a whole plan. They're going to go. They got a houseboat there, which I, I love houseboats. I don't know if this is our first houseboat noir. No, I don't think so. Maybe it's that other movie with the bowling alley. There was a movie where the ending, I don't know if we did it, but I remember the ending climax was in a houseboat, was in a oh. boat like that. Nice. I'm trying to remember which one it was, though. My my brain anymore. I mean, I've seen so many, especially film noir. It just was it. Um, Cape Fear from nineteen sixty two. It was actually. All right, yeah. Yeah. I've seen that one. It did happen. Yeah, it did, did happen. So yeah, they're they're gonna work out this whole plan. Use poor Nancy as bait, and yeah. uh, <laughs> they're gonna draw him out, and they're gonna like get the word out that he went to Cape Fear, so that Max will follow him there. Telly Savalas is trying to draw him in. But he's like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I, I don't see him. But they're like, all right, just come in. 
we'll figure this thing out. And it turns out Max Katie was right behind him. Mm-hmm. And he sneaks his way in. This is all the good stuff. I mean, this I whole say, yeah, this is, is 10 yeah. out of 10. I mean, I, I, there's no secrets that I love this movie. Insert Dan clip of saying, I love this movie. But <laughs> I love this movie. And I think the yeah. whole thing is, is great. But this ending specifically is just good, good, creepy stuff. Cinematography, all cylinders. Right. Music, all cylinders. And yeah, I mean, you, you're just getting water noir. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, a lot of water. Crazy animal sounds from the uh, sound library. ADR, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are good. And he sneaks up on the this one guy that's there. The deputy. Yeah, it's, the deputy. Because they have a deputy because they, they have him to watch in case he does come to get to go after them. Exactly. He's like hiding out in the water and stuff, but it's not good enough. And you get some good Mitchum killing men in the water Strangle and stuff. Him, yeah. yeah angry face he's such an angry man in this movie oh yeah i mean he's having fun but he's also fucking angry yep and he goes after peggy because they think that she's gonna go after peggy and stuff nancy is left behind on this other boat right there's like a split up yeah she's in like a different part like she's in a part of the boat where there's like a like a I guess it's like a ping pong table or something like that. It's more of like right. oh, I love, love the ping pong game, by right. the way. Because yeah. they, they play the game and then, and then he, like, once he, he has all that moment with Polly Bergen, but, like, when he goes after the daughter, he breaks the glass and you get that really good shot of, like, the close-up of him breaking the glass and, like, she's just kind of, you know, hiding in the in the corner, basically. Yo, but yeah, we need to get into specifically when he, like, is dealing with Polly Bergen, because yeah. that is some fucked up, creepy stuff where he's just like, yeah, have sex with me so I don't rape your daughter, and... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, comes up with that whole thing. It's like, wow. Yeah, okay. that's quite a position to end up in, but really it wasn't, like, the plan at all. He was just trying to create a diversion so he can go after Nancy. Right. And now she's all alone. And she takes out the fireplace poker trying to to get him. But he had earlier said he had been attacked by one already. He's ready for the old poker. Yeah, he laughs it off. He's, he's shirtless at this point, too. Been shirtless for a while, yeah. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Sam comes up, is able to save Nancy. And there's a beautiful battle between them. And he's like, should I be taking this guy out? Should I be killing him, Dan? Saving the world from future horribleness? You get that you get that classic, no, that's the easy way out. I want you to really suffer by going away. Yeah, but this was a good take on the classic one for sure. Cause sure. I mean, coming from Gregory Peck, you're like, it just it feels like your dad is disappointed in you, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's a that's a tough one to he's like, I want you to fucking rot. And you're like, Oh God, sorry, yeah. dude. Yeah, Damn. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Just Mitchum. Well, it's, it's justified though. I mean, you know, he's hundred percent. Mitchum's pretty horrible in this. No, but I love that he's just like, no, 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 we're going to yeah. fix you up. You're going to get better. You're going to be top form, and then we're going to yeah. let you rot in prison for the rest of your life. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just don't give a damn. No. No. That would be letting you off too easy. Too fast. Your words, do you remember? And I do. We're gonna take good care of you. Gonna nurse you back to health. 
You're strong, Katie. You're gonna live a long life in a cage. That's where you belong. And that's where you're going. And this time, for life, bang your head against the walls. Count the years, the months, the hours, until the day you rot. Living a long life in a cage. It's so yep. good. Uh, serving up serving up real justice like he does in the courtroom. That's right. I, if anything, he's better at it this way. He's more direct. Right. Exactly. Well, I, I want that, you know, that deleted scene of him, you know, in the courtroom <laughs> yelling at him, you know, being the prosecutor or something or, you know, being a witness or something. I'm sure we could find that somewhere in the archives. Uh, some Noiro who's in a position of power can go ahead and send us that reel. We ha- we have we can play it. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry about us. Just send it over. And then you get a nice family shot letting you know that they're horribly mentally scarred, but they're free, yeah. free from terror. Until Cape Fear 2 when Max Katie gets out, right? Also deleted from the world. That's yes. a shame. You know, like I said, I don't mind the remake, but it very clearly is a remake. This is mm-hmm. like such a wonderful original movie. Uh, it's a 9.6 out of 10. Wow. It's uh, high. $20 yeah. bills at the bowling alley. I like it. But do you like it, Dan? Because what would you rate it? What were your thoughts as a first timer down the river of fear? on the cape i i liked it i thought it was really good i i think the one uh regret that i maybe have is this i feel like could have fit in like the horror like halloween i did mean to say that as well it's my birthday dan and i can cape fear if i want to and i and i I think that's fair but Um, i had the exact same thought where i'm like oh yeah this is terrifying i don't know (laughs) yeah i was gonna say like as i'm watching i'm like wow like this really would have fit like that you know this is if we're really getting like a truly scary yeah you know scary psychological thriller um but are you comfortable feeling like it belongs in the noir canon because you know i understand that it's a little thrillery but i think there's enough there I thought about it a lot. I, I, I put it in the context of, of, how, of how late it came out because it's 1962. Sure. And how, and how like much things had changed by then. I, I think definitely the back half with the, all of the ending with the cinematography where it's real uh, chiaroscuro yeah. and stuff like that. Just like that whole vibe. I mean, I think that definitely by that point, it's like undisputed. But I feel like there's right. enough of like the revenge and right. The- you know, the law aspect of it and who's being screwed, like the convicts and stuff and and the evilness kind of does it. But on Wikipedia, it says Cape Fear is a 1962 American noir psychological thriller film. And I I feel like that really sums it up. I think, you know, a little bit of everything. Exactly. Like there's nothing that it's like all those things at once. It's not like a little bit. I mean, it is a little bit everything. Like you said, I'm not trying to say that's not the case, but it's just like it's it is as thrilling as it is film noir you know right and it has just like i said it, like i was getting at it's more more like a little more modern because it, it deals with some sure. subject matters that you couldn't have gone away with in in 1946 you know like maybe you know, even 56 know. would have been i mean it would have yeah. been far more subtle for sure right and i mean it's still pretty subtle where sure we only won so many battles by 62 but the fact that this is the subject matter is still pretty right modern intense for, yeah for that. yeah oh absolutely yeah but no, you, but I, I liked it you had a rating for it um, I feel like you're gonna be mad at me, but I- I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna not feel- expecting anything close yeah. to mine. I'm gonna say like an eight. I'm gonna give it like a good solid eight. 
Dan, like, like that's I, a, that's as good as double indemnity. I'm fine with that score. Yeah, like like I was I was debating. I was like somewhere between seven point eight and eight, but I'll I'll give it up to eight because I I did like the cinematography a lot. So I think I'll, you'll I'll, like it more with future watches too. You know. Yeah, yeah. I I would I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. We'll have to check yeah, in with you time. in the future. Yeah. That's what it's all about is the good times. Um, some good features on this Blu-ray too. Mm-hmm. I would say. I didn't they watch them the, this uh, time, but when I bought this last year, I think I got it. You know, I enjoyed it. All those uh, outtakes, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Check out the bloopers. They're fantastic. Oops. <laughs> um, uh, so you're, you're ready for some 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 facts? I'm as ready as I'm going to be, Dan. Okay, well, I'm going to hit you with a, a friend of the show, Cornell Wilde, acquired the rights to John D. McDonald's novel, The Executioners, for $30,000 in 1958. What do you think he would have played? Max Cady? No, I think he would. I could see him playing like the Peck. I mean, I could see him doing either or. I feel like he would win for Katie. I think he he would want to be that that guy, you know, the wild man. (laughs) I like the wild man. I don't know Um, if I would have preferred his version, but goddamn, I would have loved to have seen it. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I would watch it. Yeah. Him and you get uh, his wife in it, Gene, you know, Gene Wallace in it. Yeah, I would would watch that. Yeah, he um, does love making horrible things happen to his wife and me, yeah. so this would have been the perfect project. He's probably read it and was like, honey, I got us another one. Yep, it's 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 there. Uh, so he purchased it for $30,000 in 1958, which is a lot of money. Yeah. Gregory Peck had his own production company, Melville Productions, in partnership with Cy Bartlett. Which I thought it was going to be called Peckster Industries. That's a shame. Or Peckville Productions, yeah. uh, which he had made the big country in Port Chop Hill, and they later purchased the rights. They planned to make it after the Guns of Navarone. Peck was impressed by J. Lee Thompson's work on the on that film and mm-hmm. hired him for Cape Fear. Peck said his goal was to make, quote, first-class professional entertainment intelligently done. I say he succeeded. Yeah, I would agree. Gregory Peck later said regarding Robert Mitchum, quote, I had given him the role and had paid him a terrific amount of money. It was obvious he had the better role. I thought he would understand that, but he apparently thought he'd acted me off the screen. I didn't think highly of him for that. <laughs> Peck also, you know, since he produced the film, uh, didn't like the original title of the novel, The Executioners. Um, when thinking yeah, it's of a bad title, title. Yeah, when thinking of a new, it sounds like um, it sounds like a western, you know, like the. It, it sounds like or, any movie, but what this is. Yeah, um, when thinking of a new title, he decided that movies named after places tended to be very successful, so he looked at a map of the U.S. Until he happened upon Cape Fear in North Carolina. And Yo, that's genius. He's yeah. not wrong. Like, places always are successful movies. I think we just cracked it. And yeah. by we, I mean... Fargo? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still to this day. Yeah. At first, Robert Mitchum didn't want to do the film, but finally relented yeah, after like Gregory this. Peck and J. Lee Thompson delivered a case of bourbon to his home. Hell his yeah. reply was, okay, I've drunk your bourbon. I'm drunk. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Mitchum. So good. Polly Bergen suffered minor bruises in a scene where her character struggles with Katie. He was supposed to drag her through various doors on the set, but a crew member mistakenly left all those doors locked so that when Robert Mitchum forced Bergen through the doors, she was Ugh. actually being used as a ram to push Ugh. them open. Ugh. Brutal. She didn't want to call a cut right on that first door? Uh, apparently she wanted the... the She's the like, I don't Ver- want Verite to do this again. Realism. Yeah. yeah. Well, good for her. I felt it. Uh, Robert Mitchum had a real life aversion to Savannah, Georgia, where as a teenager, he'd been charged with vagrancy and put on a chain gang. This resulted in a number of the outdoor scenes being shot at Lads Marina in Stockton, California, including the conflict on the houseboat at the end of the film. So he did not want to be anywhere near Georgia. 
during that sequence. Fair enough. And uh, last, I have, according to Robert Mitchum, during the filming of the final fight scene between him and Gregory Peck, Peck once accidentally punched him for real. Um, <laughs> Mitchum, knowing that Peck didn't mean to, and ever the professional, refused to break character and continued filming the scene. However, upon entering his trailer, Mitchum said that he, quote, literally collapsed due to the impact of the punch and uh-huh. said that he felt it for days afterwards. Damn. Mitchum also said... Quote, I didn't feel sorry for anyone dumb enough who picks a fight with him. Heck. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's quite pretty, a compliment. Yeah, some pretty, pretty good back and forth between Peck and Mitchum, you know, behind the scenes as well. Yeah. If you, and if you watch these special features, I mean, they look back at it and, and Gregory Peck has nothing but great things to say about Mitchum and the performance he delivered. Mm-hmm. So it, it seems like they, you know, had a respect for one another. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the the women of this film, shout out to them, Polly Bergen, Lori Martin, they just really did a fantastic job. Oh, yeah, definitely. Some heavy material to deal with, especially as a child, and just being able to do it so successfully and, and maturely was just right. really helps this movie work. So, yeah, way to go, everybody. Two thumbs up for Cape Fear. I guess four, because there's two of us given two. Collectively. Yeah. Then yeah, next week. I'm excited for this one. Are you? I am because it just seems like it's going to be bonkers. I I don't have my copy yet, but I, it will come in time, I believe. I think it's going to be a Christmas miracle because, of course, we're talking of 1944's Christmas holiday. of simple Abigail Martin of Vermont, who became the notorious Jackie Lamont of New Orleans, in W. Somerset Maugham's most moving portrait of a woman in love. I'll be loving you But this man, Robert Manette, lived in the shadow of the law, and Abigail, who became Jackie, moved from ecstasy to terror in the arms of the man she couldn't stop loving. Whatever made you think you could get away with it? I love you, Robert. What are you doing? You mustn't go through my pocket. Robert, where did you get all that money? You killed him. This should, this should be very interesting. I'm aware of this. It seems ridiculous. Yes. I agree. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we'll I, get into it. The people that are behind it, you know, like the director, the actors, there's, there's a lot yeah. here to talk about. We almost did this last year, but I decided to save it for this year. So we will get into it. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Noir. Tis the season. We yeah. don't have Blast of Silence to fall back on this year. You know, I, I forgot to text you. I, I, I don't know. I'm assuming you did see that uh, Criterion posted a, a good screen cap. I think it was yesterday or today from Blast of Silence. Oh, nice. I'll have to send it. I'll send it to you. It was, it was good. Yeah, they need to uh, post a Blu-ray of it. How about that? I mean, hey, I mean, if they're posting that, you never know. Or Christmas holiday, because we'll get into it. It's a DVD. Yes, it yes. is a DVD. That's true. <laughs>
Well, the DVD of podcast can be found on all the DVD services. We're on Instagram, which my personal one, I just had to get back. It was they deactivated me temporarily. What? How did that happen? It was so random (laughs) and nonsensical, but I'm back. Anyways, out of the podcast, which will hopefully never be deactivated. But Mm -hmm. who knows what our overlords have in mind for us? Never know. Like our favorite overlord, Elon Musk, over at Twitter. Oh, boy. Out of the cast for how much longer? I don't know. Will it make it to 2023? I don't know. I'm not. My personal one, I'm done with, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm only on Twitter for the Noiros, so. As you should be. Feel free to grant us freedom as soon as possible on that one. We're on Instagram. Or email, we love. We love emails. Email's great. We print them out. We put them on our podcast refrigerator. Mm-hmm. At the office. We just ran out of an office. We don't even record in it, but we just kind of leave our stuff there. The intern stays there. Yeah, he drops off fresh bananas for us every couple of days. But yeah, Victor Laszlo, I've been meaning to tell him he uh, he needs to do something about that foot fungus. It's really smelling up in that place. I just, I didn't want to say anything. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you got to call him out on the air. We'll see. If he edits this out, we know we heard it. And if not, yes. then, uh-oh, he just slept through this one. And this is probably, probably didn't even touch this episode. It's true test. Now, I understand they come out ready to go right off the bat. So very little work is required. Mm-hmm. Uh, the real out of the podcast at gmail.com. If I didn't say it, <laughs> I don't think I did. Rate, review, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Speaking of awesome overlords, you know, the places that you've been listening to us for 101 episodes. End yeah. of the year coming. We're really going to celebrate then. Yeah, I think a lot of milestones all of a sudden birthday, 100 Mm -hmm. episodes. This one of my most looking forward to movies is going to be our last one for the year. So I'm looking forward to that one um, for sure. Hyping it up. All right. Yep. But we're We're, still looking forward to next week. Eye on the prize, which is Christmas. (laughs) It's a holiday. It is a holiday. (laughs) 1944. Uh, yeah, give us five stars. Tell us you love the podcast in writing, digitally. You gotta <laughs> so let we know us it's know. true. Yeah, otherwise, what, we just feel it? That's not good. Yeah. So yeah, that's all we got. Thanks, Thanks for coming. For yeah. yeah. Hey, December's here. Never fear. I'm holding up my uh, eggnog to say, hey, here's the crime. Here's the crime in, in wintertime. I was going to say holiday or something, but I'm saving it for next week. But I like that. I try. Chilly demeanor over here, Dan. You're colding my warm heart. <laughs> they don't call me Chili Danny for nothing. Ding. That was the, the glass breaking because of the chill. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta edit right. that part out. No, I'm taking your bit home where we did it. Ding. Ding.